So this is the day with Pastor Wade Scarborough. It is our prayer that something is said or done to make your walk through this journey called life a little lighter and brighter. You can follow Pastor Wade at Real Pastor Wade on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. He looks forward to walking with you on this journey together to breakthrough, victory, redemption. Pastor Wade is anointed and experienced in multiple areas of life. God uses him to have us look at our challenges in ways we may never have seen before. Now the moment we've all been waiting for, Pastor Wade Scarborough. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to This is the Day with Pastor Wade Scarborough. As always, it's an honor and privilege that you have taken the time out of your life to walk with me on this journey that we call life. For those joining us for the very first time, let me just say welcome. I do not take that lightly. Let me let you know what this show is all about. We discuss various topics that the church body did not talk about on a Sunday or at a Bible study or shut down from talking about altogether because sometimes of the sensitive nature uh, of the subject. All of us, no matter what you think, feel, or believe, without judgment, will not be made to feel like your feelings or opinion are not valid. And we can have a conversation freely here on This Is The Day with Pastor Wade. In light of everything that's going on in our world today, this coronavirus, uh, the social injustices, not only to black people in America, but people in general, the lack of respect we have for one another is at an all-time low. We all must share this planet and occupy the same space. This leads me to this new conversation uh, we'll have on how to treat one another. Yeah, 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 yeah. We we need to learn how to treat one another. Like, if you didn't listen to our, our last conversation, we talked about relationships. Well, also, I was like, well, well, God, what, what should we talk about now? What kind of conversation we have? And, and I appreciate uh, a lot of your feedback. You guys have sent subject titles in, things like that. Uh, and I'm definitely going to get to them. Uh, this was one of the ones that uh, people wanted to talk about more about how do we treat uh, one another? This is not just with relationship wise, but just as a general, how do we treat one another? How do we interact with one another? And so we're going to get into that conversation. Also, uh, when you talk about uh, biblically how we treat one another, this is basically how uh, when you talk about in relationship your relationship that you have vertical with God and then also horizontal with people. Also remember that the way God measures if you love him is how you treat your neighbor. So that's where one another comes from. Also, you'll see in the Bible that one another is mentioned 59 times. There's what they call 59 one to another. And we're going to go through all of that. I'm going to give you some foundations uh, and motivations today about one to another. And this episode, this series actually will go at least about three or four uh, episodes. So we're going to really uh, take the meat off this bone and really strip it down for you. Well, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen. As always, you know, we're going to take off in this plane together. Make sure those seat and tray tables are in the upright position. And if you're listening with someone right now, look at them and say, you ready? And you look back at them and say, I'm ready. Then let's go. Let's talk about this thing called one to another. Well, the phrase one another is derived from the Greek word eleon. Uh, Elion is spelled A-L-L-E-L-O-N. Now, I know some of my uh, coming to America people say, Elion, Elion. No, not that word, but it's close. It's Elion, A-L-L-E-L-O-N, which means one another, each other, mutually or reciprocal. Now, I find that very interesting because we talked about in relationships, in our last series, we're talking about mutual benefit, uh, being mutual reciprocal, all that kind of stuff. Well, here in the Greek word, alien, it's talking about one another means each other mutual. So there must be something about this mutual thing or reciprocity that we must uh, understand. It occurs 100 times in the New Testament. Approximately 59 of those occurrences are specific commands teaching us how and how not to relate one another. Obedience to these commands is very, 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 very imperative. It forms the basis for all the Christian communities and relationships, period. Uh, these are 
not only commands, but principles. Remember, I told you a principle is whether you believe it or not, it works. So whether you're a believer of Christ or not, these principles are still going to work and has a direct impact uh, on our witness to the world. Uh, in John 13, 35, it says, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So just by that uh, statement right there, it's even Christ. God is saying, look, people will know that you're my disciples, that you believe in me, that you understand there's a higher power, a higher source, if you love one another. But loving one another, treating others how we want to be treated is the measuring stick just for humanity, period. In addition to alien, the Bible uses other words and phrases to instruct us how to relate to others. With that in mind, the following list is not exhaustive and primarily focuses on the use of alien. Let's get to those foundations and motivations that I talk about. Repeatedly, the New Testament exhorts us to care for one another as fellow members of the body of Christ. In fact, listen to me now. The Lord Jesus desires all believers to be functionally, effectively as partners or members of his body, the church. Paul has an important word for us on this very important matter in Ephesians 4, 15 through 16. But speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies, according to proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself through one another in love. This one another thing, let's, ladies and gentlemen, let's just break this down. This one another care is to be an outworking of our fellowship with other believers. But we seem to have lost sight of what the Bible means when it speaks of fellowship. Fellowship is very key, ladies and gentlemen. Too often, uh, we as people think of fellowship, they think it in terms of what goes on in that room in the church called the fellowship hall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some of y'all that have been in church for a while, y'all know, y'all remember that fellowship hall. Since fellowship is very important part of caring for one another, this study will begin by answering the question, what is it meant by fellowship in the New Testament of the Bible? So, ladies and gentlemen, what does the Bible really mean about fellowship? It's not just a hall. It's just not a place. It's just not an activity. Let's really look and dive into that. And this says, and they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. You can find that in Acts 2.42. A study of two words used for the fellowship for the word fellowship in the Greek New Testament. It's called koinos. Forgive me for my pronouncing. I've been working on these uh, for uh, a couple of weeks now. But look, Greek is not my first language. But koinos is spelled K-O-I-N-O-S. And then uh, another form of the word is called koinion, which is K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A. And then also on the, there's another set of words. It comes from, it says metikos which is M-E-T-O-C-H-O-S. And these express four related and essential elements that describe what fellowship involves. Here we go. Watch this. Fellowship truly involves, one, relationship, two, partnership, three, companionship, and four, stewardship. Oh, wait a minute, ladies and gentlemen. Let's look at that again. So when we talk about fellowship, it's not just going to a place, but it's really talking about a relationship. So fellowship involves relationship, partnership, companionship, and stewardship. The meaning of these two word groups can be boiled down to two main ideas. The first set of main ideas is we must share together or take apart together in the sense of participation and partnership. Ladies and gentlemen, Remember, I said we got to live on this earth together. We got to occupy the same space. When you talk about how we need to treat each other, whether black, white, Native American, Mexican, Asian, whatever you are, a Latino, it doesn't matter. We got to be able to share together and take part together and participate and be in partnership with each other. Look. Sometimes we're not going to believe all the same things. Sometimes we're not going to have all the same views. But when you talk about how do we treat 
one another. Look, we got to understand, we got to share in this thing. We got to look at each other and have a mutual respect for each other. Also, the second part of that is to share with in the sense of giving or receiving from others, sharing what we have with one another. Oh, 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 stop the presses right there. So we have to share with the sense of giving to or receiving from giving and receiving, not give or taking, giving and receiving or sharing with what we have with others. So you mean to tell me black culture has to share with the world of what we bring to the table. Now, black culture brings a lot to the table, y'all, just like the Latino culture brings a lot to the table. Asian culture brings a lot to the table. Even white America brings a lot to the table. So we got to share in this thing and share our gifts. The breakdown is we don't know how to treat one another. Ah, man, that's going to hurt. I didn't lost some people right there. They thought I was just going to just, just, just take sides. No, you know what side I'm on? I'm on the side of right, the side of righteousness, the side of being fair, the side of look, a mutual respect, mutual reciprocity. That's the side I am on. Also, since fellowship is so important and forms an essential foundation for understanding the ministry we are to have with one another, let's look at these four main concepts that the Bible talks about fellowship. First thing, watch this. Fellowship means relationship. In the New Testament, what is shared in common is shared, first of all, because of common relationship that all believers share together in Christ. Remember, we talked about that word koinia was an important word to both John and Paul, but it was never used in a merely secular sense. So, ladies and gentlemen, so when you talk about the Bible, we're not just talking about it was not just meant for secular, just meant for the world. It was also meant for a spiritual orientation, a spiritual base and spiritual purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, I get it. There are different religions. I get it. There are different belief systems. I get it. I understand that. But one thing we got to understand is we can't think that this is it, that we're the only ones, that man is the supreme being. No, 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 no. Whether you call it God, whether you call it the universe, whatever you call it, you must recognize that there is a spiritual side to each and every one of us. Always remember, all of us, we are a spirit. We live in a body and we have a soul, which is our mind. Oh boy, oh boy, I'm gonna leave that alone right there. The idea of an earthly fellowship founded upon just common interests or human nature or physical ties like in a family or purely physical church affiliation or merely self-centered interests that sport enthusiasts might share together was completely foreign to the apostles. Remember this, in the New Testament, believers can have fellowship on a horizontal plane that means how we treat each other and share together because they first of all have a vertical relationship. That means up and down with God through his son, the Lord Christ. And because they can share together in Christ life and whole purposes in common. You can find those in many different scriptures in first Corinthians one through nine. Uh, also in first John one through three in the NEB translation of first John and one and three, it says, what we have seen and heard, we declare to you so that you and we together may share in a common life. Whoa, whoa, hold up. I didn't write it. Don't get mad at me. It says that we may must share in a common life. Ladies and gentlemen, whether you believe or read the Bible or not, that statement is true no matter what you believe. We all in this society, in the United States of America, in this world period, must share in a common life. And then the rest of the scripture says that life which we share with the Father and Son and with Jesus, the Christ. But ladies and gentlemen, the key phrase in that whole scripture is common life. We have to fellowship and share in this common life. We are all responsible. We can't have uh, uh, these different uh, cultural or as you would say racial wars that are going on we got to find out how to treat one another because we have a common life that we all share 
Here's one of the principles. Number one, the New Testament fellowship is first a sharing together in a common life. The life of the Savior, which other believers through relationship with God and his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Second thing, fellowship is, therefore, first and foremost, a relationship. Ladies and gentlemen, we can never get past that word relationship. I don't care what part of the world, third world, uh, underworld, it don't matter. A relationship when is connected is fellowship. You're going to have to be connected. We cannot have a common life without relationship. Also, rather than in fellowship being something uh, that we do, it's not just an activity. Any activity that follows is to flow out of this relationship. Here is the common ground, the core, and the heartbeat of all Christian fellowship that is truly biblical. Third thing. This means that fellowship occurs in two spheres or levels. Remember, we talked about, or I said earlier, the vertical and the horizontal. Each supports and, and promotes each other. See, when you talk about, uh, when you so, uh, show me your faith and I'll show you my faith by my works. Well, what happens is I know what you believe based on uh, what your faith is, based on what you do. That shows me what you believe in. God says, how can you love me whom you don't see and you don't even love your neighbor? So I don't need somebody to tell me if they believe in God or not. I'll know if you believe in God or not or believe in a higher power by the way you treat me, by the way you treat others. Now, look at the world What's going on right now. Some folks out there are claiming to be Christians and a whole lot. But when we look at how they treat another human being, no matter what color they are oh boy oh man did i hurt somebody's feelings did i say the wrong thing right now that tells you a lot they could be telling you oh yeah a whole bunch of people are going around black lives matter but i even see even in in our own culture in black america right now we still hitting and beating each other i just saw a a video of a guy took a skateboard and hit this a black woman he was a black guy hit this black woman with a skateboard and they're talking about black lives matters are you kidding me right now so it's just not black versus white we are still having issues internally with many different cultures if you look into latino cultures look there's look i love my mexican brothers and sisters but don't call somebody that is mexican and they happen to be salvatorian oh they get upset because there are some issues with that. Some Africans don't like to be called black Americans because look, they're from Africa. Look, there's a whole lot of personal thing going on, but I get it. We all come from different backgrounds, but at the end of the day, we must share this common life together. We must have some kind of fellowship together. And God has set a standard and also gave us commands on how we should treat one another oh boy they don't like me now god but you know what i'm gonna keep going next thing fellowship means partnership both word groups could also mean to share together in the sense of partnership as shares together of the person and life of christ we are automatically co-partners in his enterprise here on earth oh my goodness we are in partnership not only with God, but also we are in partnership with our fellow man as well. No matter what culture, what color you are. Whoa, man, I'm just saying somebody don't like me now. If we are truly sharing in his life through the word and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we will also share in his concerns, goals, priorities, and leadership. Note this comparison. Relationship versus partnership. Watch this. The word relationship describes what we are. And what is that? A community of people bound together by our common life and the blessings that we share together through our relationship with Christ. Now, the word partnership describes how we are related to each other in that relationship. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So the word relationship describes what we are, which is a community. Then the word partnership goes hand in hand and describes how we are related to each other in that relationship. We are partners in an enterprise and, and calling in which we are to work together in a common purpose. 
Remember, it goes back to that common life. We are supposed to be working in a common purpose to common purpose to obtain common objectives for the glory of God and the gospel of Christ. Oh boy. Philippians 127 says, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Look, ladies and gentlemen, we have to find that common life, that common ground with each other. Look, I get it that we're protesting and we're doing many things out there in the world trying to uh, let our voice be heard. When you talk about there's black people out there with white people, with Latino, with everything, many people are protesting many different things at this moment all around the world. But we got to understand, we are not only in relationship with each other, but we already we have to work on that partnership with each other. There is a breakdown of how we treat one another. Fellowship also means companionship. It means communion. Oh, watch this. The definition of companionship. Companionship is the interchange or the communication or communion that exists among companions. Those associated together through a relationship they hold in common. Wait a minute. I. Oh, my goodness. What is this word common? So we have to find, why do we say we have to find a common ground? So that means both parties, all parties involved, all parties that live on this planet, in this society, we have to find a common ground. Oh my God. So what's the key ingredient to companionship? I'm glad you asked. Let me answer that question for you. Communication. Key words would indicate ideas like interchange, communion, and sharing. So if you want to know what's the key ingredient to companionship, we got to communicate with each other, ladies and gentlemen. And we can't even get to the first part of relationship, which is agreement. Communication is the key. All parties involved must express where they're coming from what they're feeling, what they're seeing, what they're experiencing. And then we must find a common ground. How do we now, now that we have the information, how do we move forward together in this common life? Oh boy. Next thing, the definition of communication. Watch this. Communication, I said before, was the interchange or the sharing of concepts, feelings, ideas, and information needs to burdens, needs or burdens through words or other symbols like body language and actions so that all members of the relationship can share and thus minister to each other as they have the opportunity and are sensitive to the needs of one another. Ladies and gentlemen, so the reason why we communicate is because we need to find out the needs of one another. See, we're doing all this protest and we're at odds with each other, but nobody is listening to what each other needs in the relationship, what each other needs to coexist. How are we going to be able to learn how to treat one another if we don't communicate, if we're always combative with each other? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh my goodness. Should I just stop now, y'all? No, I'm going to keep going. No, there's more. In this Christian community, Fellowship means learning to communicate on a spiritual level through a mutual sharing of things of Christ by means of the word, the spirit controlled life and the ministries and gifts of the various members of the body of Christ. But what's the purpose of this? I'm glad you asked to promote a fuller appreciation of Christ and his sufficiency for our lives, whatever life brings through mirroring and ministering him, to, ministering him to one another. Ladies and gentlemen, what does companionship through communication include? I want you to really think about that. What does companionship through communication include? And remember, when you're thinking about this question, there are two spheres and planes of fellowship. I said the vertical, remember that? which is our common communion and the fellowship with the Lord through the word, prayer, and the filling of the Holy Spirit, the abiding of life, how you move through life. Then I said, remember the horizontal. 
our communion and fellowship with the body of Christ with other believers. Ladies and gentlemen, whatever you believe in, whether you believe in Christ or not, you, what do you want to call it? The universe, supreme being. Look, there is something bigger than all of us. That higher being, that higher power, I'm going to call it God because that's what I believe in, is teaching us, commanding us that, look, if you say you love me and I'm a righteous and just God, a loving God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He says, I loved you so much that I gave first. So what happens is he gave to what we needed, which was salvation. We got to understand, we must communicate with each other. We must have that common life and find that common ground. We must find what the common needs are of each other in order to move forward. Our horizontal fellowship includes at least three things. First one, it must first include assembling ourselves together. Ladies and gentlemen, look, that's why I get it. We're going through the coronavirus right now, blah, blah, blah. I get it, social distancing. But like I said before in other episodes, social distancing is kind of impossible. And I'll tell you why it's impossible. Because if we're all built, which we are, to be in relationship with each other. No matter what's going on, we will always find a way to gravitate back towards each other. It is your divine, it, by divine nature, you're gonna gravitate towards people because we need each other. And there is nothing that is gonna ever be created. Listen to me now. Because God is a relational God that would ever be created or authorized by him that would keep us apart from other people. Uh-oh, 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 somebody, uh-oh, uh-oh, somebody just turned it off. Somebody just got mad at me right there and I understand, I don't care. I still love you anyway, but it's the truth. The next thing when you talk about assembling together of ourselves, assembling in smaller groups, look, we gotta assemble as a whole body and then in smaller groups, look, when you talk about how churches start, things like that, uh, Jesus got 12. And then out of the 12, he had three in his inner circle. We got to assemble in small groups. We got to have some kind of fellowship. Also, we got to meet together one-on-one. -on -one. We got to have that personal one-on-one -on -one with people. There are levels to having a horizontal fellowship with each other. I said one as a whole body where we all get together in masses. Also in small groups, we get together in small groups. And then also we meet one-on-one. -on -one. You can find these scriptures in, when you talk about assembling the whole body, that's Acts 2.42 uh, and Hebrews 10.25. Also smaller groups would be in 2 Timothy 2 and 2. Uh, also, and when you talk about meeting together one-on-one, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11. The next thing, we have to share and communicate with each other. So when you talk about the second thing of that horizontal fellowship, we said, one, we got to assemble together, whether it be in as a whole body, assembling in small groups, or also meeting one-on-one. -on -one. Then the next part of that, we got to share and communicate together. My goodness, we have to. Also, sharing with one another, sharing with others what God has taught us with a view to building others up. There it is, right there. We have to share and find that common life and common ground so we can build each other up. Remember, you've heard me say before, our whole purpose is to either make someone better or bitter. Here is the word again. You can find this in Romans 1, 11, 1, 11 through 12, 2 Timothy 2. Uh, uh, you can also in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11 again and Philemon 6. Sharing with one another, sharing with others, what God has taught us is the view to building others up. We got to learn to build each other up. You can look at what's going on in the world right now and understand there is a breakdown of building one another up, not just on one side, on all sides. Whoa, somebody's upset with me now, but we're going to keep going. Next thing, sharing together in the company of others, the various aspects of worship. Like the Lord's Supper, which is a communion. Uh, also, the singing of hymns. Hey, that's why we sing together. Also, 
We have to share together as partners in needs. This is big right now. Watch this. Sharing together as partners in the needs, burdens, concerns, joys, and the blessings for the purpose of encouragement. My God. Comfort, challenge, exhortation, praise, prayer, and physical help according to the needs and ability. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to learn to share together as partners. We are partners whether you like it or not because we have a common life. We have to find a common ground. We are partners whether you like it or not. So that's why we need to listen to each other. We have to listen to what our each other's needs are. We have to listen to what burdens each other. We have to listen to each other's concerns. We got to listen to what brings each other joy. We have to listen for the purpose of being able to know if we need to encourage one another in order if we need to comfort one another or to understand the challenges of another or exhort one another, which means goes back to encouragement. Every single one of us share a common gift, whether we use it or not, of exhortation. And it's amazing that we're talking about gifts because one of my friends, she gave me uh, after the last episode, she said, look, I, we should teach about talents versus spiritual gifts, which that's going to be uh, the next topic or the next series after this one, because there's a lot of people that asked about that, but she made a very good point on that. But the thing about exhortation, exhortation is a gift. It is a common gift, not a talent. It is a common gift that we all have that we should exercise. And that means encouraging somebody, building somebody up. Oh my goodness. Also, this means we must develop the loving art of communication for the purpose of ministry, encouragement, and edification. Ladies and gentlemen, life period comes down to those three things, whether in church or whatever ministry that you have. Also, encouragement for the building and edification of people. This is what how to treat one another is about. Also, the willingness to share our own hurts, burdens, and aspirations. Next thing, the willingness to really hear what others are saying so we may minister to the needs according to the directives of the word. Next thing, above all, it means developing a very definite motivation. The motivation of the word. And let me interchange that word, motivation, your intention. Let's go with above all, it means developing a very definite intention. The intention of words that are acceptable in God's sight and that edify others. You can find that in Psalms 19.14 and Ephesians 4.29. Every motivation, watch this, of our hearts and every word out of our mouths must be consistent with the purpose of building up others. Paul is telling us that we should utter nothing that compromises or interferes with that objective. Ladies and gentlemen, your words matter. How we talk to people matters. Because once we find out whatever the breakdown is, once we find out what their needs, what their burdens are, we must choose our words wisely. How do we communicate with each other now? See, what happens is because we're not communicating, because we're not in all thy getting, get understanding, we're not understanding each other because we don't understand that we're in this common life, that we're sharing this and we're not knowing how we're going to treat one another. Our words interfere with how we communicate with each other. Oh, boy. A soft answer turns away wrath. Oh, boy. Listen to me now. Next thing. Scripture does not tell us what words to say. Rather, it tells us what our motivations should be or what our intentions should be. It is this intention or motivation which, if right, will control our thoughts and then our words. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a major, major statement. When you talk about the word of God, it don't tell us what words to say. I found that really interesting. I was like, oh, that's, that, that's about right. It tells us what our intentions should be or what our motivation should be. And then based on that, we should be able to choose our words wisely because we understand what the other person's needs are. Oh, that's major. Next thing, the ultimate goal here is to build up and enrich others in the things of Christ so that they may experience the sufficiency of his life. 
as the early church was first devoted to the apostles teaching. They were also devoted to sharing with one another of all encompassing sufficiency of the Savior and what Christ meaning to them. Back to Acts 2.42, and you can also look it up in Hebrews 3, 12 through 14. Let's move on to fellowship means stewardship. And before that, let's get some of your thoughts before we move on. What do you think about how to treat one another? What do you think about fellowship? Is fellowship just about uh, uh, a place or is fellowship really about relationship? What are your thoughts? And you can put your comments on my This Is The Page, This Is The Day Facebook page, or you can uh, put it on my face, Facebook or Instagram on Real Pastor Wade. That's Pastor Wade is spelled W-A-I-D. And let me know what you really think about uh, uh, how do we treat one another about fellowship. Let me know. I want to hear from you. Next thing. Fellowship means stewardship. A steward is one who manages the property of another. Oh boy. He is not an owner. He is only a manager. All that we have in reality belongs to God. And it is required of stewards that they be found faithful to stewardship entrusted to them. Ladies and gentlemen. So another part of fellowship is stewardship. And stewardship is not owning one another. So when you talk about how we treat one another, we're not supposed to treat each other like we own each other. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. That must have slipped out. Let me try to say that another game. We're supposed to treat each other like we not own each other. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. That keeps slipping out. We're supposed to treat each other like we don't own each other. Oh, man. It says he is not an owner. Those that are steward, he's a manager. So basically, we have to manage how we treat each other. Whether you're husband and wife, whether you're black, white, Latino, Asian, it don't matter. We have to manage stewardship. When you talk about fellowship, we have to manage how we treat each other. You can find that in uh, Psalms 50, 10 through 11. You can find that in Psalms 104, 24 through 25. You can find that also in Daniel 2.38. Also, you can go to 1 Corinthians 4, 1 through 2. There are plenty of scriptures that support that. Also, stewardship includes five general areas watch this and then remember i said uh in uh the 10 principles relationship remember i said that you're always going to invest either your time money or your talent into people well watch this when it comes to stewardship five general areas first one is time uh-oh second one is talents uh-oh which means also spiritual gifts also it means a uh, temple your temple means also your uh, your dwelling place. Like, where do you go for as far as ministry, as far as church? Uh, also, uh, our treasures. So, time, talent, temple where you go to, uh, where you worship, uh, the truth, and also your treasures, your earthly goods are the five areas of stewardship. And let me tell you this about truth. What it means by that when you talk about stewardship. Truth also means talking about information. See, we don't look at in life that uh, when you when we know some things, we got to be a good steward on the information that we hold. Because remember, we can set somebody life ablaze with that tongue that we have. We could either build somebody up or we can tear somebody down. So when you're talking about the five areas of stewardship, the reason why truth is in there, truth means information. And what happens is sometimes you got to be a good steward over the information you hold because you could like tear somebody's life up or you can build it up at, at the same time. It don't matter. That's why you have to watch that. Also, your treasures, your earthly goods. That's another thing you have to be good steward over your money, all that stuff, whatever you value, your earthly goods, your time. Look, your time is the most valuable thing that you have because that's one thing that you can never get back. Once you give it, that's a wrap. That's why you should watch uh, uh, who you're around. That's who you watch, who you invest in. Because look, that's why we say don't waste my time. Why? Because you can't get that back. And your talents. Look, you got talents and then also you have spiritual gifts. You got to watch those. Well. You got to be a good steward at all. You can't be giving uh, all your stuff away to everybody. Don't, don't give your pearls before swine. My God. Remember this, as stewards, 
We must recognize that all we have belongs to the Lord and has been given to us as trust from God to invest for his purposes. We have the privilege and responsibility to invest every aspect of our lives, including, of course, our material possessions for the work of promoting the gospel and the helping others in need. But good stewardship, oh boy, stems from recognizing that our relationship to Christ also means our partnership with Christ in his enterprise on earth so look when we treat uh, each other right when we uh, have good stewardship it is a reflection and also is showing that how we are in partnership with christ of how he lived how he was our great example how to be with each other and it's showing a living example that's why a lot of people right now uh, when you talk about what's going on in the world it is not worldly people or non-believers in the world that are surprising me right now. It is Christian people, disciples of Christ, that is that is really messing me up right now. Their lack of faith, their belief system, believing everything they hear, not uh, responding, but only reacting. Just the, the pessimistic view coming from the body of Christ right now is astounding. And it really, I'm like, man, I'm really hurt right now just by the different people, how they're reacting to stuff and just the fear that's coming out of their mouths. I'm like, what Bible, what God do you believe in? And then the world's looking back at us like, see, I told you, I told you, what God are they talking about? They run around here just as scared as us. And they can't tell the difference between Christ and the church and the world. So why would they ever come in? Why would they ever believe? They're seeing how we treat each other and going, wait a minute, I can get that out here in the world. Why should I believe or come in there? But I'm, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to leave that alone right now because I didn't lost a whole bunch of friends. Let's keep going. And we're going to come back to that later. In any good partnership, the partners share equally in all aspects of the partnership. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go, here we go, here we go. We got to share in this thing. If we're going to have a common life, if we're going to occupy this space, listen, every good partnership, y'all, I'm about to help somebody. Not only I'm going to help you in your business, in your marriage, if your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever your issue is, I'm in our culture, in our world, every good partnership shares equally in all aspects of the partnership. First thing they share in, the privileges and responsibilities. Look, we can just stop right there. No one right now in our world is taking responsibility. Even if you look at the leadership of our government right now, oh, they taking all the privileges, but none of the responsibility whatsoever. They want to blame the last administration and the administration after that, they want to blame whether Republicans or Democrats. Well, I'm here to tell you there's no difference between Republicans and Democrats. They all serve the same master. Uh-oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Did I say the wrong thing? I think I said the wrong thing. They serve the same master. So that, that, that you might as well throw that out. We have to, if we're going to be in partnership with each other, the privileges and responsibilities must be shared. Also, the assets, second thing, and liabilities. Look, 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 look. You might as well put it, you got to share the good with the bad. It don't matter if we're going to have a successful partnership. When you talk about how do we treat one another, you got to share in the privileges and the responsibilities. Also, the assets and the liabilities. And the third thing, the blessings and the burdens. See, everybody want to go to heaven, but nobody want to die. Nobody wants to take on the burdens. Nobody wants to take on the responsibilities. Listen, when you talk about every good partnership, you got to share equally in what's going on. Where we are in the world right now, every city that is rioting around the world, we all must take responsibility for what is going on. Oh my goodness. I am going to hear it after this show. But it's okay. I still love you anyway. What kind of partnership would it be if one partner took all the income, oh boy, and enjoyed all the privileges of the partnership and the other partner did all the work and paid all the bills? 
Come on, ladies and gentlemen, wouldn't that suck? Isn't that what's going on in our world right now? That we have we have certain parties that's taking all the income. They enjoying all the privileges of the partnership. Then there's another the other partner are not enjoying any of the benefits whatsoever. They footing the bill. Here's a question for you. <laughs> would you enter a partnership like that? I would hope not. Partners are to share and share alike in all aspects of their enterprise. Ladies and gentlemen, if we're going to live in this world together, we have to know how to treat one another. We're going to have to share in all aspects of this relationship, of this common life. We're going to have to share in the privileges and the responsibility. We're going to have to share in the assets and liabilities. We're going to have to share in the blessings and the burdens. My goodness, somebody get me the president on the phone because I need to sit him right now. He needs to sit right here and listen to this right now. We need to have a personal conversation. We all have to share what's going on. Next thing, a good example is what we see in Luke 5, 7 through 10. And it says, so they signal to their partners in the other boat to come, talking about the disciples to come and help them. And they came and filled the boats. So they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were the partners with Simon. And Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Here is a scripture talking about they were fishing. Matter of fact, they were fishing uh, uh, for a while and wasn't catching nothing. Then all of it, because there was two boats out there. All of a sudden, Jesus come up on the scene. And what happens is then uh, there's a boatload of fish that come. Next thing you know, there were so many fish that the boat began to sink. Then the other boat that didn't have any, they said, look, why don't you come over here and help us with these fish? See, what happens is this is where in partnership, you got to reshare in the burdens. You got to reshare in the, the privileges and the responsibilities. You got to reshare in the assets and liabilities. You got to also share in the blessings and the burdens. Here it is right now showing an example. Look, we're having trouble with all these fish. We about to sink. Hey, bring your boat over here. We're about to share in this thing because we've been out here together. Even though we're in two different boats, even though we're two different cultures. Ouch. Did I say the wrong thing? Even though we're men and women, just because we're in two different boats, guess what? We are still in the same water. Oh my God. Somebody better help me with this. So just because we are different culturally, we are all still in the same water and we still have a common life and a common responsibility that we have to share it my god i hope this helps somebody and we're going deeper also understand partners may not do the same things listen to me now they usually work and share according to their abilities expertise and training but they still share in the load. Ladies and gentlemen, talk to me. Somebody talk to me now. We still got to share in the same load. We can be at odds with each other all we want. But at the end of the day, we are going to have to find a common ground. Look, we can sit here and talk about Black Lives Matter all we want to. And I get it. Look, I'm up with the struggle. Look, how black people have been treated uh, in the United States of America all through history. Look, is deplorable. But now that we're here, now that we're 450 something years later, we are going to still have to figure it out. If we're going to stay here in the United States, we're going to have to figure out how do we get along with other cultures here. Other cultures are going to have to figure out how to get along with us. I'm just saying, we have a common life that we have to live. We have a common partnership, whether you like it or not. We are got to figure out what each other's needs are and come in agreement 
and we want to know how to treat one another. It is interesting that one of the most prominent uses of, remember I said koinia, is a group of words. It's used in connection with sharing material blessings, which is giving money to meet financial needs. In 36 uses of this word group, nine times they are used specifically in connection with giving and in a couple other passages where giving would be included among other aspects of fellowship or working together as partners in stewardship of all we are. Again, you can read Acts 2 through 42 and Philemon 1 through 5 and Hebrews 10:33. What does this all mean? I am so glad you asked and we are about to close. It means that all partners in Christ enterprise on earth, we each need to share and invest all aspects of our stewardship with others in realization that we are not owners, only stewards of what God has entrusted us to each of us. Ladies and gentlemen, the following stress, the following five things that I'm going to say next, stress the, all the aspects of stewardship. First one is time. You can find that in Ephesians 5, 16, Psalms 90 through 12, and Psalms 39 through 46. The second thing is truth. Remember the information that you hold, which is 1 Corinthians 4 and 1. 1 Corinthians 9 and 17. Also, talents or spiritual gifts. You can find that in 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. Four is treasures. The things you value, the things you uh, th uh, find valuable. You can find that in 1 Timothy 6, 18 through 19 and Matthew 6, 19, 19 through 21. And then the temple, the places where we fellowship or gather. That's 1 Corinthians 6, and 19. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a pause for the cause right there. We are going to go deeper in the next episode. I pray you enjoyed our time together as much as I did. I know it was a tough one, but we have only just scratched the surface. Thank you for tuning in to episode one of how to treat one another. I thank you for all the support and the responses. New episodes released next Thursday on iTunes and Spotify at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Please remember to subscribe and don't just listen to these episodes just once. Get them ingrained in your spirit. Remember, faith come by hearing. Also, for anything to become a habit, it takes psychologically 60 to 90 days, 66 to be exact. Remember, in all thy getting, get understanding and then practice implementing what you have learned. Applying how we treat one another is the only way we can turn it around for good. A special thank to my man, Kevin Clayton at I Am Music Group. That's my dog right there for producing the show. Erica Duff for the artwork. The Flow Therapy Morning Show with Coco B and Frank Nitty on the Uncommon Gospel Radio Network. Thank you for all the love and support. Alex Teamer, a.k.a. A-Team for the Baseline. Pastor Warren Campbell, my pastor, love you, man. And Lena Bird Miles for This Is The Day intro. Remember to subscribe to This Is The Day on whatever podcast platform you use. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Real Pastor Wade. Wade is spelled W-A-I-D. Remember to post any subject titles you would like discussed on This Is The Day Facebook page or feedback on your Instagram stories of what you thought of the conversation. Always remember. God believes in you, and so do I. Till next time, this is the day. This is always the day for breakthrough, victory, redemption. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to subscribe to This is the Day with Pastor Wade on any podcast platform that you use. You can interact with Pastor Wade with questions, comments, or subject titles you would like discussed. You can follow Pastor Wade at Real Pastor Wade, that is Real Pastor W-A-I-D, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.